When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Radioinfluence.com It's time for your Big Bite Weekend Recap Show. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome in to the latest edition of Big Fight Weekend as we recap the heavyweight championship win by Britain's Anthony Joshua, a seventh round knockout to retain his WBA, WBO, IBF heavyweight championship belts for the victory over Russian Alexander Povetkin. It was not easy. It was not a pushover. Povetkin actually rocked Anthony Joshua early on in this fight, so we had some intrigue, but in the end, we got yet another AJ knockout, AJ as he's known, over in uh, in England, over in Europe. So welcome in. Let me set the table for what we've got for you on this edition of Big Fight Weekend. I liked him so much in advance, I've got to go back to him again. Straight ahead, we're going to talk with David Payne, the boxing writer from boxingwriter.co.uk. He's been covering the sport for a couple of decades now, has written a post-fight column on Anthony Joshua getting a real test here from Alexander Povetkin. I want to get some insight from him on what David Payne saw and what they're saying in England after this fight. So he's coming up straight ahead. Then in a little bit, we'll move off of the Joshua win in the aftermath and talk more about what's next. And that includes American Deontay Wilder. The bronze bomber is now signed up to fight Uh, Also, another guy from the UK, Tyson Fury, that fight coming in the US, site to be determined on December the 1st, Saturday night, December the 1st for Wilder against Fury. And Tim Smith will be here, vice president of communications from Heyman Boxing, the promoter that has inked this fight for Wilder against Tyson Fury. Look forward to hearing from Tim Smith about the anatomy of how these deals work. Will we see a Wilder-Joshua fight in 2019? Plus, Tim has got some insight as well into the new deal that Premier Boxing Champions and Heyman Promotions has done with Fox, Fox Sports 1 Cable, Fox Deportes. They've announced a new multi-year deal. Tim will share you some uh, about that deal and the specifics of it. And then there's also a fight card coming this Sunday night from Fox Sports 1. I'll let him preview that a little bit with a couple of welterweight names that you might very very well recognize if you follow the sport. So again, those are our guests that are coming up straight ahead. Here are my thoughts real quick. A couple of jabs, a couple of hooks, maybe an uppercut that's in there about this Joshua Pavetkin fight. First things first, whenever 
the heavyweights are on, you have to be glued. I mean, uh, full disclosure, I'm watching college football on Saturday where Alabama was trouncing uh, Texas A&M, and I'm, I'm watching Clemson clobber Georgia Tech. And I also had the golf on because who didn't gravitate, at least in the United States, to Tiger Woods, if not worldwide, to Tiger Woods making all those birdies in the third round of the Tour Championship in Atlanta. He assumed the lead. He ended up winning the tournament. So that was going on at the same time. I almost didn't have enough eyeballs, but when it's the heavyweight division, you've got to lock in. So I put it up on the big screen for Povetkin versus Joshua, this heavyweight championship fight, which again was in the late afternoon, early evening U.S. time uh, as they duked it out. And and look, Povetkin hurt Joshua right away. He didn't hurt him significantly, but he definitely shook him up with the left hook. Might very well have broken his nose. And I think as the fight went on, and I'm anxious to ask David Payne about this, I think it measured how Joshua was looking to fight in this fight. It, it almost made him more cautious. I might get hit with the counter left hook here, and it made him adapt and adjust. So I want to talk to David Payne about that, but that's what I perceive. That's what I saw. And then... Obviously, Joshua brought the thunder, brought the big right hand that rocked rocked Pavetkin, eventually uh, knocked him down with a second short right hand. Pavetkin looked like he wasn't going to beat the count there for about five or six seconds of counting. It didn't look like he was going to be able to get up. He got up. He was wobbly. The, the fight continued. Several more blows landed. Two or three glancing. One big blow. One big left landed, and it was over. A seventh round TKO, and Anthony Joshua remains undefeated. Remains uh, at least mostly the heavyweight champion of the world. Again, Deontay Wilder, his fans will be the first one to tell you the bronze bomber had two of the belts. They stripped him of one of them. He still has the WBC championship. Uh, Wilder is the one that got screwed out of a matchup with Povetkin back a year and a half ago when Povetkin failed a drug test. That's no fault of his. So Deontay's holding his hand up going, hey, I am the heavyweight champ. I want to be the guy here. I'm going to fight Tyson Fury, and I'm going to wait for my chance at Anthony Joshua. Again, more on that fight in a little bit. So again, Joshua gets the victory. The home fans, 90,000 strong at Wembley Stadium, braved the rain and the cold for the outdoor venue, and Joshua delivered the seventh round stoppage, the knockdown, and the TKO at the end. Uh, of everything so there's uh there's his end now what's going to happen in the future with a possible wilder fight again we're here just to dissect all of it as part of big fight weekend so let's get started let's get cranked up here on this edition recapping joshua and povetkin it is big fight weekend Yes, as promised, I am going to bring him back on the boxing writer, David Payne, from over in the UK. His site, boxingwriter.co.uk, and he has covered and written about the end of the Joshua Pavetkin fight that I've already been talking about on Big Fight Weekend. Now, full disclosure, David is outdoors at the time that we're talking to him. He's got the daughter's soccer practice going on, so you may hear that in the background. We love the ambience. We love David Payne being with us on Big Fight Weekend. How are you again? I'm great, TJ. Thanks for having me on again. Okay, so as I joked with you just before we began this interview, you did such a good job. I don't know if you realize I'm going to keep bothering you because you did a good job. And so now, no. No. it's always good. To, it's always good to talk boxing, and there's plenty to talk about at the moment. So yeah, it's let's good to be on again. All right, so let's get right into it. The fight ends in a seventh round KO. Anthony Joshua wins. I know you wrote about on your site that he got more maybe than what he expected in terms of a test. It, it really was a test from Povetkin. 
I, I won't uh, I won't put words in your mouth, but in reading that, I got the feeling, I got the sense you believe he was tested maybe more than he thought he was going to be tested. What about that, David? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was always difficult to kind of give a 100% certain assessment of where Povetkin is. Any fighter that gets to the age of 39, it's difficult to assess how much of their peak they have left. But they always say a fight, the last thing they lose is their power. And that was certainly evident again at the weekend. And I think Joshua has conceded since that whilst he didn't take him lightly, he didn't anticipate his power being as much of a problem as it was. He gave a great quote to Declan Taylor in the Independent saying that he kind of looked at this guy as 15 stone and then he got hit and realised that the the weight wasn't the thing. It's the power that the man brings. And um, yeah, I think he, he got a little more trouble than he expected. Yeah, I think his, uh, he even had the capital letters OMG, this guy can hit. Yeah. Uh, it was a left hook in the opening round, and there was blood coming from the nose at the end of round one, and I, I thought immediately and put it on social media, he may have broken his nose. Pavetkin may have broken Joshua's nose. What does it say uh, to you that facing a little adversity and that powerful punch that Joshua still went about his business, didn't get over-anxious, waited for his spot, and still got his knockout? I think it says a lot about him. I mean, as I, as I wrote about in the column, I think what fighters need to achieve greatness is people that can push them, to stretch them. We may have even spoke about it in the preview, you and I, TJ. You need that um, equality to bring out your best. And he found more than he expected, but in that adversity, he came through. He overcame um, difficult style problems, fast hands, uh, and found the knockout, entertained the fans, and did the job again. And uh, you know, he moves on to the next step, and it'll be looked back on as a, a good test that he came through, and it all builds on on the experience because it's very easy to forget this is only his 22nd fight. Um, and he didn't, although Olympic gold medalist, he didn't have years and years and years of of senior amateur experience to fall upon as Povetkin actually did have. So it was a very good result for him, a very good performance, and he, I'm sure we'll have learned a lot from it. I did not think, and I've seen several of his fights, I did not think that Joshua was particularly busy throughout the fight. Do you believe that some of that was maybe cautious because of the big punch, or do you believe it was mostly stick to the plan, wait for your spot, try to land the big right hand, which he eventually did? I mean, it's easy to say after the fact, that was my plan. But what do you believe, David Payne? No, I, th- I, I think as we look back in hindsight at the conclusion, we can look back on um, the victories being important and impressive. But I think there were several periods in that fight where he wasn't sure what to do. I don't think he was falling back on a plan B or a plan C. I think he was working it out as he went, which was the thing that was perhaps the most alarming. Um, I think the idea of dropping his left hand, trying to invite the lead from Povetkin to counter with the right um I don't think that that was part of a plan. I think he was learning as he went, um, and he always had that power and that freshness to to help fill in the gaps where there wasn't experience. Um, but th- I, there were there were some serious moments there where I, you could see the the trouble, uh, or should I say that you could see the consternation in the corner in Joshua's facial expression. Um, there was genuine concern um, swirling around because he, as we've said before, he's big business and no one wants the horror of him losing and the gravy train at least having a bump in the road. So um, he came through and that's what matters and it was impressive in the end, but there were certainly periods in that where he didn't have answers and he had to find them. 
Again, we love the inside. David Payne with me. Wrapping up, Joshua Pavetkin here as part of Big Fight Weekend. However you have found us through Radio Influence, subscribe as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play to the podcast. It'll come directly to your device uh, as soon as there's a new edition of it, either previewing or reviewing a big fight on a weekend. And we're talking about Anthony Joshua's world heavyweight title knockout of Alexander Pavetkin, the Russian, who was game. Uh, got knocked down with a big shot, got back up. Did it surprise you? I think there's been some conversation that the referee maybe should have just said enough is enough because Pavetkin looked loopy when he got up, didn't look like he knew where he was. Were you fine with that one continuing on and the possible uh, you know, huge knockout that was looming there that may have been serious injury for Pavetkin? Were you okay with it, David? It's, it's, it's borderline. Um, I think Steve Gray did an excellent job. But it was a real borderline one. He, he stops it after the knockdown. And too often, without stereotyping, you you guys in America would have said that he should have been allowed to continue. It's a championship fight. And British uh, British referees are often um, charged with being uh, a little bit too protective of fighters. You know, it's, it's a dangerous game. They know what they're doing when they get in. Um, but ultimately, it's worked out okay. We'll never know the long-lasting damage, of course. But in the short term, Povetkin didn't seem to suffer uh, unduly from the extra punches um, so I think he got the call just about right but I wouldn't have complained personally had he stopped it as he stood up yeah and he was time. he was backwards looking at his own corner uh, almost not knowing where he was underneath the ropes and then stood up with his back to Joshua and it was almost like that's that's good enough but the fight did go on Joshua got the seventh round uh, knockout again we talk with David Payne the boxing writer here give me insight I love the insight that you provided in advance it's now been a couple of days how much did this fight a, a huge Saturday night spectacle at Wembley Stadium how much did it resonate over the weekend and after it was over among British sports fans the EPL the, the English Premier Soccer League is big there are other big things going on did it resonate all weekend is it still resonating oh it's still it's still big news it was still uh, Twitter trending um, Sunday night on um, on Twitter, obviously um, the Joshua Povetkin hashtag, Anthony Joshua hashtag. Yeah, it's it's big business. It makes the the, the BBC website front page. It's it's big news. People ask you about it. You know, sitting in the office or talking at football training. You know, just talking to a, a sports fan before I came on the call and just talking about boxing. And that wasn't always the case Joshua definitely transcends in a way that perhaps Ricky Hatton did perhaps Prince Nassim did and he may go above and beyond that yet um, but he's certainly part of the national conversation so yeah definitely resonated people ask if you've seen the fight how did it go how did he look if they didn't see it so yeah definitely part of the national conversation over here in the UK David Payne with me for a few more moments. Boxingwriter.co.uk is where you find his web work. He wrote about Anthony Joshua's world heavyweight title knockout of Alexander Povetkin. You can read his article there. He tweets as well at The Boxing Writer on Twitter. All one thing, The Boxing Writer. Love the insight uh, here. All right, so natural progression now is who does he fight next? The belief is it's an April fight with someone. You keep counseling me it's going to be a rematch with another Brit, Dillian White. They staged a fight a few years ago, a couple, couple three years ago, where each of them was in trouble, and Joshua eventually knocked him out, stopped him. Uh, I, I don't know. My, one of my favorite lines when talking boxing, I don't know that I have to see that again. I don't know that I have to see that again. But apparently we may be about to see it again, David. Well, 
Yes, that to to my mind, I think all the mute music that comes out of um, Matchroom Sport, and there were plenty of hints about it again at the weekend, was the suggestion that Dillian White is is in the frame. I think, in some ways, built out of pragmatism, that they wonder whether they deal over the line with Wilder. He's got a Fury fight. The status of everybody changes once that's complete, which is why Hearn's pushing. If it's gonna be. Wilder in April, they need to negotiate before Fury. There's no way that Wilder's camp are going to seriously negotiate before that Fury fight, I would think, because they'll assume they're going to win. It gives them more kudos to their claim to be in the main man. It rebalances the books financially a little, I think. So I think it's unlikely then that you get from there to a negotiated deal with Wilder for April the 13th at Wembley. Wilder, I think, is, is, is more willing to accept the weekend of the wedge of the money but I don't know if um, once he's beat Fury which is the assumption they'll have that that will still be the case I think it will end up being white the embarrassing thing for Matchroom and for Joshua is that Joshua put up a a poll on his own Twitter account that's had <laughs> half a million votes and unfortunately Dillian White only got 4% of them uh-huh. it was very plain that um, Wilder and then Fury with a credible I think about 40% um, with a preferred option so it, it, it could get a bit of a PR disaster that one if it doesn't end up being one of the preferred choices so in other words a lot of the people on the Twitter poll are the same as TJ which is I don't have to see that again but we'll see yeah. if we are hey one more on this because Joshua is such a younger guy he's a young guy um, whether it's an older fighter I understand that maybe they don't want to fight a bunch in a given year but to have him fighting only six or seven, you know, at least six or seven months apart over and over and over again, I think Joshua could be busier. I think it might make him a bigger star and maybe even a bigger star in the United States if he was busier. Does he need to wait six or seven months after this Povetkin fight, or can't he be busier than this? Well, I think TJ Anthony Joshua's got a different opinion than you. Um, <laughs> he he After this fight, he requested an extended break, so slightly longer than he's been accustomed to. And I think twice a year is the most you're ever going to see Joshua between now and the end of his career. I can't see other circumstances. Because, of course, the other factor when he's fighting in the UK is as a stadium fighter that needs a stadiums this big, he needs the summer months. And you'll know, if you've ever been here, that our weather is not as trustworthy as your Florida weather. <laughs> and uh, you need to aim for the summer months as much as possible. I mean, Saturday night they got rain. It stopped just before Joshua came out, so he's obviously got God on his side as well. But, um, yeah, we had sideways rain at Wembley on Saturday. So there is inherent risk with going outside the, the peak month. So that, that, that limits his, his possibilities. Um, so I don't think you're going to see him more than you are. And uh, he wanted an extended break after this fight, having fought Povetkin and Parker this year. He thought that he'd done plenty. So I would like to see him busier, but unfortunately, we're not in the 60s and 70s anymore, and these guys make so much money, they don't need to chase four and five and six fights. You uh, read my mind and answered my question for me on your opinion about whether he should be busier, and there is a financial reason as to why. Again, you have been good to come on with me here. Let me let you promote, again, where the fans can read more about you, whether it be your site, social media, etc. David Payne, go ahead again. Okay, that's kind of you, TJ. You find me at boxingwriter.co.uk. 
Um, I also write betting previews for gambling.com and freebets.net. Um, but mostly my longer work you'll find on boxingwriter.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitch if you wish at The Boxing Writer. And let the record reflect, you did take the over. I asked the under over at five rounds. If, if either one of them would get knocked out before the fifth round, you took the over. I actually pegged this one just before it began and said, seventh or eighth round, look for a Joshua stoppage. I don't get them all right. <laughs> but the kid, the kid got that one right on Saturday night, and Joshua delivered with the knockout. I just thought I'd throw that out there while we're discussing. Well, that was kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, we'll see how it all plays out with a Joshua Wilder fight, maybe in 2019. David Payne, best of luck, and again, the site boxingwriter.uk. I'm sorry, boxingwriter.co.uk. Follow him on Twitter at the Boxing Writer. David Payne, thank you for the insight again on Big Fight Weekend. Great to be on. Big Fight Weekend, brought to you in part by Touch Vodka. Drink, eat, live, local Touch Vodka. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yeah, we do roll on, and I am anxious to talk with this guy. He is the Vice President of Communications for Heyman Boxing. Mr. Tim Smith is back with me here as part of Big Fight Weekend. It has been a while since you and I have talked, but I always love catching up with you, and there are plenty of reasons to catch up with you right now. First of all, how have you been? How are things? Things are going are going well. I can't uh, I can't express how well they're going. I'll try though. <laughs> One of those things <laughs> is the match is made for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. December the first is the date. Site to be determined. Site to be announced. Showtime pay per view and. Deontay Wilder, the Bronze Bomber, going to be back in the ring in a big-time fight from Premier Boxing Champions, Heyman Promotions. And uh, I, I know there's been a lot of work involved in this, and it was announced on Friday that that fight is coming, and I know everybody's excited about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because, you know, I, I work I work a lot with Deontay personally, you know, and his PR and everything, and I know you know, that, that he's, uh, that he's excited about this. He's sort of a polarizing figure, believe it or not, as, as great a guy as he is people, there are people for whatever reason, you know, that they don't believe him in, in him. They don't think he's a, you know, he's a skilled boxer. He's not uh, the most polished guy in the world, but I always point to the one thing that he has and that's <laughs> every man that he's ever faced in the ring, you know, he's knocked them out. You know, so uh, regardless of whether you think he's the most polished boxer in the world, you know, everybody, you know, no, no one survives. Uh, and then one guy that did, he faced him again and he knocked him out, you know, in, in short fashion. So, you know, Tyson Fury, the fight with Tyson Fury is a, is a great fight. Tyson Fury is still the lineal, you know, heavyweight champion. He's the man who beat the man who beat the man. And, you know, I think if Deontay Wilder beats Tyson Fury, then he will be the man who beat the man who beat the man. And, you know, I know everybody's <laughs> excited about Anthony Joshua. And, you know, Anthony Joshua is, to me, you know, a very fine heavyweight champion. And, you know, everybody goes crazy over him. But, you know, to me, he's still unproven. Uh, you know, and I, and I have to give the nod to Deontay because I think Deontay fought, you know, uh, Luis Ortiz, you know, uh, to me was one of the top three heavyweights in the world 
when Deontay fought him, and, you know, he stopped him. So I'm going to give the nod to my man Deontay Wilder as the top heavyweight in the world. And, uh, you know, we'll see whether Anthony Joshua can prove himself if he ever faces Deontay. But, you know, I, I'm just I'm just very excited about Deontay having this opportunity to face, face Tyson Fury. I love it. Uh, I'm so distracted because you're quoting Ric Flair on my B, on my Big Fight Weekend podcast. The only thing you didn't do is you didn't give me the woo that you got to beat the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> I, I love that part of this. I promise I'll get to the Joshua aspect in a second, but one more on making a fight like this because you have been intimately involved in how it goes on. People may not realize this isn't something that gets done in an hour. It doesn't even get done a lot of times over a matter of days. It might take weeks to agree on the date and where are we fighting and what are the conditions just give us a little insight because i understand it but the public that's listening to us may not understand well why can't that fight get made quicker why doesn't it happen quicker tim and you say what to that well because there are a lot like you said there are a lot of minor details that have to be ironed out you just can't say oh i want to fight and let's do it and you go oh it's all done I mean, there are, there are arrangements to be made for hotels. There's a promotional tour that has to be put together. Where are the stops going to be? Where, you know, what are the venues that are going to be used? Is it going to be open to the public? You know, credentialing the media. Okay. Uh, the fight's going to be in this town. You know, how many rooms am I going to get? How many, you know, uh, airplane tickets are you going to buy for my people? You know, what's the what's the split going to be on the revenue? There you the go. There you go. You know, That's what right. percentage of the pay-per-view am I going to get? You know, if it goes above this. Do I get a rematch? Here's another much- one. If I can interject, do I get a rematch if I lose or not? Right. That's sometimes a big deal. Right. That's a huge deal sometimes. And if I do have a rematch, can I have the rematch on, on my terms where I want it to be? You know, is my percentage going to be higher for the rematch? Yep. Is it going to be in my country? You know, uh, does the table get turned on the re- So there's there there are tons and tons of things that have to be ironed out, and you know, and it doesn't and it just doesn't involve two people. It involves several different people, and then when you bring in the television aspect, it involves the people on the television side. When you bring in the venue, it involves the people on the venue side. You know, so you have all of these things that have to be ironed out. You have everybody that has to be on the same page. And, you know, obviously everybody's in business, so everybody wants to make money and they want to make sure that it's going to be, you know, marketed the right way, promoted the right way. And, you know, and everybody wants it to be the best event that it can possibly be. So, uh, you know, these things just don't happen overnight. Vice President of Heyman Boxing is Tim Smith. Gracious to be with me on Big Fight Weekend. We're talking about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury signing the deal late last week that they will fight on December 1st, Saturday night, December 1st. Location to be announced. It will be on Showtime pay-per-view for this uh, fight coming up. So we're we're, uh, thrilled to have Tim here to give us some insight into that. Um, Okay, so the elephant in the room, the figurative elephant in the room is what you alluded to, Tim. Can this Joshua Wilder fight happen in the near future before we're all dead of old age? Um, (laughs) So everybody wants to know, uh, you know, and you just laid out, there are reasons why it takes a while for a fight to happen. Do we have optimism if Wilder is successful, and we believe he will be, that in 2019 we can see a fight with Anthony Joshua? What's the gauge it for us? What's the read? Well, you know, uh, Deontay has always wanted this fight. 
I mean, Deontay has wanted this fight so badly that he decided to take a, you know, he was willing to take a flat fee of $15 million, which is unheard of in a big fight. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much fight history you or your, your, your listeners know about, but before Mayweather and Pacquiao was made, Mayweather made Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao, a flat fee of offer of $40 million. <laughs> and, you know, and Pacquiao and Bob Barham, who was negotiating on his behalf, was like, you know, take a hike. $40 million. Everybody would say, oh, $40 million. I, Are you out of your mind? I, I, I want that. to I be, Tim, I, I want to be in the position in my life to say no to $4 million. Much less say no to $40 million. I mean, come, most people hey, that are out hey. there, I want to be able to say no at some point to a million. To say no to $40 million or $15 million, I know. I know. I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying no to $4. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, 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 you know, he, he said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking that because no one is, that is involved in a, a fight that everybody knows is a big fight is going to take a flat fee. Most, mostly big fights, it's a percentage. Uh, Anthony Joshua's people, they know that. They know that that's the most ridiculous way, and there are ways to turn a fight down without turning it down. That's one way. But even even insultingly offering a flat fee for that, Deontay said, yeah, I'll take the flat fee. I'll come to England. I'll fight you. You know, and and he and Deontay and his team also said, look, we will give you 50 million dollars plus 50 percent of the upside of the promotion. If you come to America, Mm. Anthony Joshua said no, even though that's what Anthony Joshua had demanded. He had demanded 50 million dollars. He said no. I don't want the $50 million because I want to fight in England. You have to come to England. And Deontay said, okay, I'll agree to all these things and I'll do this. And then, you know, without having any kind of location or knowing anything, the things that we were talking about that you have to hammer out in the deal, they wanted him to sign a blank contract saying that I'll take $15 million and fight you someplace in England without ironing out any of the details, what the, you know, what the revenue from TV, how much he was going to get from that what the venue was, the location, they were going, trust me, you know, we'll work it all out. <laughs> no one in their life does Who signs a blank contract with, with that number just filled in and say, okay, we'll do it under your terms wherever. Nobody does that. But, you know, Deontay is willing to fight him. I say all of that to say that Anthony Joshua's people have to, have to be realistic and want to make the fight. I think they have their reasons for not wanting to make the fight now. I think they understand that their man needs a little bit more seasoning. He needs to get a few more fights under his belt. They want him to have a little bit more experience. His trainer understands that. Rob McCracken, the trainer for Anthony Joshua, understands that. And to a certain degree, he's driving the, he's driving the, the car on what Joshua does next in terms of who he fights in the ring. And I think they trust his judgment as to where Anthony Joshua is in his maturation process. Uh, and I think that Anthony Joshua fights a couple of more times before he wants to get into the ring with Deontay Wilder. That could be at the end of next year, you know, or that could be the beginning of 2020. Who knows? But I think eventually that fight happens. But I think that they have to come to their senses and they, uh, from a financial and a business standpoint and they have to be ready from a from a, a, a training standpoint, and to know that they're and have confidence in their man in putting him in the ring uh, against uh, against Deontay Wilder. 
I think Anthony Joshua feels like he's ready for it, but I think there are people in his corner in his, you know, uh, uh, that don't believe that he's ready for a fight with Deontay Wilder. And that's reasonable. I mean, he's a young man, and he's only got 21 fights, so uh, or 22 fights. So that's reasonable. To, 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 you know, I don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any problem with that. I just wish that they would be more upfront with the public and say that. And I think people would accept that. Well, we'll see uh, as it all unfolds here and what happens if Wilder beats Fury, especially impressively, and, and, and if it can happen in 2019 or not. I know Joshua was saying in the ring Saturday night, Deontay Wilder is somebody he would fight. Would and will soon are two different things. We'll, uh, we'll wait. We'll wait to find that out. A few more moments. Again, Tim Smith with me on Big Fight Weekend here as part of uh, the post-fight coverage of Joshua and Povetkin. I cannot let you get away without letting you brag a little more about the deal that Premier Boxing Champions, Heyman Promotions, etc. has done with Fox and Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Deportes. It's a multi-year deal. Tell me more about how thrilled you guys are and why it's so important. We're thrilled with this. I, I think it's a game changer. It's a four-year rights deal between Premier Boxing Champions and Fox. And, you know, this is putting, this is putting boxing in prime time on network television for the first time in 40 years. So that, that Saturday night slot where you're used to seeing, you know, big-time college football or, you know, the NBA or, you know, any other NFL or, you know, Major League Baseball or any other – national sport you're going to see boxing now on a saturday night on fox you know uh our first show is in december so we're going to run you know that first year we're going to run you know every month for that first year and then subsequent to that where our season is going to be january to october um and not only that we're going to have studio shows like the nfl and the nba have studio shows they have pre-fight i mean they have pre-game shows they have post-game shows we're going to have that around all of our events that are going to be on Fox. And to supplement that, we're going to have a once-monthly show on FS1 and a once-monthly show on Fox that's going to be devoted to boxing. It's going to be a boxing-centric show like you would have for football or baseball or basketball. And to me, it's important because – now you're treating boxing like you're treating major sports in this country. And for a long time, boxing has been hidden behind paywalls and it's been, you know, turned into a niche sport. But now we get it out. We get it into the viewing public where, you know, it's on free television with Fox. You don't have to pay anything additional. You don't, you don't even necessarily have to have cable. It's a terrestrial television. So, you know, you turn your television on once a month on Saturday uh, on Fox and you're going to have, you know, boxing in prime time and you're going to have all the shows, all the ancillary shows and everything else surrounding it. You're going to get to know our boxers. You're going to get to know their personalities. You're going to get involved in the narratives and their stories. You're going to get involved in the narratives and the divisions. And it's just going to be, you know, how we talk about other sports. Hopefully we're going to be talking about boxing the same way we talk about the, N- the NFL, the NBA and major league baseball and hockey. Love it. And again, that deal, a four-year deal, consummated and is now going to be rolled out soon. You guys have already had a relationship with Fox and their calls, and now it's an even greater relationship with them. To that end, a perfect segue, Sunday night, 
uh, I know Sunday is football, but Sunday night on FS1 Cable is a Premier Boxing Champions card from California. Going to be a pretty good welterweight showdown with Victor Ortiz and John Molina Jr. in the main event of that fight. So I can't let you get out of here without saying something about that because that's part of the relationship with Fox now on FS1 Cable Sunday night. Right, yeah. This is... This is a boxing fans fight, and it's going to be a fight even if you're just a casual fan and you decide to tune in. You've had enough football for the night or whatever. You turn, tune into this fight, and this is just going to be a good old-fashioned, you know, brawl. Uh, you know, these, <laughs> guys, these, guys, these guys are not coming in to dance with each other. They're not going to come in and bow to each other and, you know, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. These guys are going to go at it, and that's what you know. Boxing fans want to see. They want to see two determined guys that are going to come in, and you know, and, and go after it. This is this is this is to me one to me one of the most highly anticipated fights, uh, you know, of of the fall season. I've been I've been waiting for this. You know, I love Victor Ortiz. He's been in with you know virtually everyone. He's been in with Mayweather. He's been in with Andre Berto. You know, he's a former champion. He's he's been in with you know with, with countless guys at 147 pounds, and you know he's trying to make his way back. And John Molina, you know, is the same way. He's just a tough, hard nosed veteran who's been in with a lot of guys, and uh, you know they 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 sparred together. You know, they know each other. They have that Southern California relationship. So. You know, there won't be a lot of love lost, but this is going to be a good this is going to be a good fight. And it's going to be a good show from top to bottom because we have some really uh, good guys on this show. We got uh, uh, F.A. Ajagba, the uh, heavyweight who uh, back in uh, August uh, had the guy that walked out of the ring on him. Yep. Didn't fight at all. So you got him and you got Joe Joyce, the uh, the British Olympian from 2016, the, the medalist from the Olympics. He's an up-and-coming prospect. He's going to be on that show. So you're going to have an opportunity to look at two of the the guys that could figure in the heavyweight picture in the future. So it's a good card. It's a very nice card, and I think people that tune in are going to be very pleased with what they're going to get a chance to see. And obviously for Ortiz and Molina, if they want to be in the equation for guys like Terrence Crawford, guys like Keith Thurman when he's back from injury, Sean Porter, right. uh, who won the other right. night, you got to win this fight. They know that. They're long in the tooth, and they know that. So Tim Smith is promising right. me brawl. He's, pro- he's promising me punches, knockdowns. I'm looking forward to it delivering on FS1 on Sunday night. Listen, you are gracious to, to hop on with me here on Big Fight Weekend, talking up Wilder and Fury uh, December 1st, site to be determined, Showtime pay-per-view, fight card coming on FS1 Sunday night, and then that fall slate on Fox. Gonna be It's going to be great to be a fight fan coming this fall and, and to, be, uh, to be glued to all these great fights, Tim. I know I'm looking forward to it. The fans are looking forward to it. Thank you for hopping on with me here. Thanks, TJ. Very well. There's my guy, Tim Smith. Again, Vice President of Communications there from Heyman Boxing. That Wilder Fury fight is signed. Sight to be determined. More than likely one of two places, either Barclays Center, where Wilder has fought repeatedly in New York, in Brooklyn, or look for this maybe in Los Angeles. There are media rumors that it might be at Staples Center, the home of the Lakers, the home of the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Kings, and a lot of big events, and they've had fights there before uh, of a big magnitude. This would be a heavyweight title showdown for Deontay Wilder. Let's see if it is Staples Center in L.A. Maybe it's somewhere else, but it's more than likely one of those two places that are going to be coming up. So in any event, that will do it. 
it for this edition of Big Fight Weekend. My thanks again to my guest, David Payne, the boxing writer on Twitter, at the boxing writer. Also, boxingwriter.co.uk is his website, writing a post-fight column on Anthony Joshua's win. And, uh, you know, I like what he said that, hey, uh, Joshua's not going to be too active, but maybe in 2019 we get to see that Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight. It may be the summer, it may be later on in the fall of 2019. Hopefully, again, as I joke with Tim Smith, we're not old and gray. And I want to thank Tim Smith for being with me as well from Heyman Promotions, our vice president of communications, talking about that Wilder signing and also the new deal with Fox as well. That will end this edition of Big Fight Weekend. A reminder, subscribe to this show. If you found us through RadioInfluence.com, subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, as well as Google Play. Uh, love to have you subscribe because then the show will come automatically to you whenever there's a new episode in the preview mode of a big fight or in the recap mode of a big fight as part of Big Fight Weekend. Rate the show, rank the show. More fans will see it and will find it. So again, give us a rating, give us a ranking, spread the word out uh, out and around on social media about Big Fight Weekend. If you love boxing, this show is going to be here regularly at least a couple of times every month and maybe as many as three times in a month. You're going to have Big Fight weekend rolling on again for my guests david payne and tim smith i'm tj reeves again anthony joshua remains his version of the heavyweight champion of the world will we see that fight with deontay wilder we'll find out one thing's for sure he got the knockout over alexander povetkin and we've been discussing it as part of big fight weekend when you are looking for the latest news and notes going on in the world of mixed martial arts the ma report podcast is the place to come News from the UFC, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, and so much more. And also, we'll have interviews with some of your favorite fighters. The MMA Report podcast can be found on RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.